What's up, everybody? It's time for another Master Passive Income show. I'm super excited you guys are here with me. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I help people quit their jobs by investing in real estate rental properties. We don't talk about flipping or wholesaling or tax liens or deeds or any of that hard stuff that you gotta do. I talk about buying a property once, renting it out, and making money every single month and not working at all. That's why I was able to quit my job and I wanna see that for you. Now today we're gonna continue looking at how you can start investing in real estate rental properties and the steps that you need to take in order to get started. Now I work with many, many students, many, many coaching students that as we're working through everything that they've built up over the past many, many years, we have to break down what they've done and build them back up so that they can invest in real estate. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. I want you to start investing in real estate rental properties so you can change your life and eventually quit your job, live the dream life like nobody else can. All right, guys, let's get in there and let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Now, everybody knows that as you get older, time flies by so much faster. You know, when we were younger, you know, maybe 10, 15 years old or something like that, time seems to go by so slow, like waiting for summer vacation or waiting for Christmas to come by or waiting for the next big thing in your life. And so it feels like time goes by so slow. And now as you get older, time seems to go by so much faster. Before you know it, all of a sudden, you're going to be 40 years old. Well, not you, but me. I realize now it's June as I'm recording this. It's actually June right now when I'm recording this. And in just a couple days, I'm going to be turning 40 years old. I am just so amazed at how fast time has flown by. My oldest is 11 years old now, which, man, just I imagine or remember holding her in my arms when my wife first had her. And um, it was so, it feels like it was just yesterday, but now time's gone by so much faster. And now she's 11. And now I am going to be turning 40. Now, when I was younger, when my parents turned 40 years old, I specifically remember them having parties with, you know, funny presents and stuff like that, you know, over the hill and all that. And I thought to myself, man, 40 years old, that's old, man. I hope I get there. Well, now I'm turning 40, so it's crazy. But here's a great thing. I was 37 years old when I quit my job because I started buying real estate rental properties. When I was 27, just kept buying and kept buying and kept buying properties, knowing that eventually... I'm going to be able to quit my job, and now I am 40 years old. I will never, literally never, ever work a job again. I'm super blessed to be able to say that, and now I'm looking at turning 40 years old, and man, I'm looking forward to this next, you know, however many years I live, Lord willing, it'll be quite a few, but... I'm looking forward to the 40s where I'm actually be able to uh, do a lot more great things with my life and teach even more people how to quit their job and change their life. And so I just wanted to say, hey, everybody, wherever you are, you want to get started now. The Chinese proverb, I absolutely love this saying, it's, hey, when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. You know, look behind you. It was 20 years ago when you should have planted that tree. When's the second best time? It's today. 
Plant that tree today so you can start investing. You don't want to keep putting it off because next thing you know it, 10 years later, it'll go by and you will never have started. And you'll be, man, if I would have started 10 years ago, I would already be retired. So I'm encouraging you. And this is why I have this series right now where I'm talking about how to start investing in real estate is I want to see you get started today. Start investing today. Start investing in yourself with education and knowledge and learning, and then start putting your money to work investing in real estate rental properties. That's what I want to see with you. And also, I want to give you my best-selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties for free. All you're going to do is pay a little bit of shipping and handling. I want to see so many people change their lives with real estate rental properties. And I'm going to give you my book for free. If you go to Master passiveincome.com forward slash free book all one word f-r-e-e-b-o-o-k masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free book i will give it to you i will actually send it to you myself my kids help me you know package them up and put a label on there i was so blessed i had somebody who actually got my book they emailed me said that they were doing great they're getting started investing and all that sort of stuff i love seeing that i love seeing people change their lives and that's what i want to see for you so go get it masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free book and because it's my birthday i'm actually going to give you a birthday present or a birthday present from me for my birthday. I'm actually going to sign the book for you. I'm going to sign it, autograph it, send it over to you because I want to show you how much I appreciate you. So go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free book. I will sign it as well as ship it to you myself. So go out there and get your free book. Now, let's get on with the show. Now, today, we're going to continue on what we were talking about last week in how to start investing in real estate rental properties. Now, I know what you might be thinking, man, I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have any experience. I don't have any contacts. I don't have any of that. Well, I'm going to here to tell you, I was literally in your same shoes. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any contacts. I didn't have any experience or knowledge or anything like that, but I did it. And honestly, if I can do it, you absolutely can do that too. And every single one of my students who have been doing it and are doing it and have already quit their jobs, they're going to tell you, hey, we're just normal people. Normal people just like you that applied ourselves to save money, put that money into a rental property, get it rented, make money every single month and do it all over again. And then eventually we have so much money coming in that goes into our pocket every single month. So we don't have to work. Wouldn't that be awesome to where you can do whatever you want, not worry about bills, travel the world, buy the things that you want instead of the things that you need, all that good stuff and never work another day. It's just fantastic. Now, as we're talking about how to start investing in real estate. I'm going to go over the things we just really briefly. I'm going to go over really quickly. If you want to get more in detail about what we talked about last week, go listen to last week's podcast episode and everything in this podcast episode, I'm going to put in the description as well as the show notes page. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 062. 062 is going to take you to the show notes page. We're going to see everything written out, itemized out for you that you're going to be able to follow along and everything's going to be there for you to start implementing into your life. Now, quick recap of what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about the six ways that real estate makes you money. We started from the very, very beginning. So you understand why 
you should start investing in real estate. One of the best reasons is that there are six ways that real estate actually makes you money when you buy a rental property. I'll quickly go through them. Cash flow, that's monthly money coming into your pocket every single month. Equity capture, where you buy the property for more than it's worth and pocket the rest of that money that in equity that is basically trapped in your side of your house that we can then pull out to buy more properties. Also, market appreciation, just over time, your property appreciates. Forced appreciation, you put some money and elbow grease and TLC into the property and it increases the value of the home. Also, your mortgage is paid by the tenants. That would be a mortgage buy down or pay down where your tenants pay for your principal and interest and all the expenses. It's fantastic. The last one is tax advantages. So many great tax advantages in investing real in real estate. It actually puts money in your pocket, saves you from paying extra taxes, and you're not getting out of taxes. You're not like skirting the law or anything, but you're using the law to pay less in taxes. Here are a couple other awesome things about and reasons why you should invest in real estate rental properties. One, it's an automatic business. It runs itself. You hire people, they do the work for you so you don't have to work. A big one for me, this is a big one of the biggest reasons why I started investing in real estate was for financial freedom, financial independence, so that I can retire early so I didn't have to work ever again. Now, really quickly moving on into what is not investing. In my opinion, not investing would be flipping. Flipping a house is not investing because you have to keep doing it over and over again to get your next payday. Same thing with wholesaling. You have to do it over and over again. Find a buyer, find a seller, match them up, and then you make money. Well, you got to do that over again. You're not a realtor. Realtors don't invest. They basically work a job. They make one sale, they make money. They don't make money if they don't sell. And so that's not what we want. We don't want to own a job. We want to have investments that make us money. The next thing, you want to get your financial house in order. You want to reduce expenses. You want to increase your income and eliminate debt. Debt is going to hurt you really, really bad. So get rid of all that stuff. So get your financial house in order. Next thing is buy your own house and stop renting. You want to have your own property that you can then tap into for equity. You have a place that eventually you'll own free and clear so you won't have to make a mortgage payment or a rent payment or anything like that. So own your house. Also, you want to create investing goals. You want to create goals for yourself so you know what is your action items for the next step and where you're going to get to. So you create your goal. And then you work your way backwards from there to where you are now and you have your actionable items. That's something I work with all my coaching students and help them to see, well, where do you want to get to? You know, you want to quit your job in five years? Well, let's buy properties in order to get you to quit in five years and be able to allow you to do that. Next one up is get real estate investing education. I cannot stress this enough. Getting education would have saved me twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in loss of income, loss of rents, evictions, all these problems that I could have foregone or not had, had I actually invested in education. So I want to encourage you that you need to get education. Keep listening to my podcast, read my books, go get my free book. And well, as read all the articles that are on my site, if you want further education, I have that go to my site, very, very top, look at um, courses and it goes into coaching as well. So I can help you out there and more. Now let's get into what we're going to be talking about today to add on how to start investing in real estate. Now, the next step is to save for a down payment. A down payment on a property is going to allow you to buy a property for less than it's worth. When you get a mortgage, you're going to have to put money down, a down payment, a portion of the total purchase price 
you're going to have to actually put as cash down. Now, there's many ways to come up with the cash for a down payment. There's many ways to have other people help you to make that money. So we need to look at every single way to save for a down payment. Now, I know if you're like me, you don't have much money. I did not have much money when I first got started. In fact, before I got married, I literally had zero in savings and I had credit card debt. Well, I didn't really have that much, maybe a couple thousand dollars, but I would pay that off every single month. But when I got married, I didn't bring anything to savings. Praise the Lord, my wife had a little bit of savings. We got a little bit of money for the wedding and then we saved more money. And I saved up enough money to eventually buy my first property. Now, when you're looking at what you're going to need for a down payment, because I get this question a lot from lots of people, you know, how much should I have to start investing? What it really comes down to is what are your goals? And this is as I'm working with students, helping them understand that your goals dictate how much money you're going to need for a down payment, what type of properties you're going to buy, how fast you're going to buy them and all that good stuff. And we'll get into that in a little bit. And I wanted to show you that in saving for a down payment, it really depends on your goals. You know, if you want to buy higher priced homes, you're going to need a lar larger down payment. If you want to buy a lesser priced homes, you're going to need a smaller down payment. And it really depends on what type of property you're going to buy because of what your goals are for your business. Now, in order to save for a down payment, there are many different ways. And this is why I talked about increasing your income and reducing your expenses, as well as eliminating debt. When you start knocking those out, you increase your ability to save money and you're able to start paying yourself first. This is something that I really want you to know and put it in your brain that you need to pay yourself first at minimum 10%. Now, if you're just getting started, pay yourself 5% or 1%. Just pay yourself something. And this is what I mean by pay yourself first. I know you might be thinking, well, my boss pays me or, you know, the company pays me. So I make money. And so I'm, I'm getting paid first. Well, honestly, no. When you really break it all down, your money is basically already all spent. If you got a car payment, that money's already spent beforehand. Like you already have that debt that you got to pay off. If you have a rent or a mortgage, if you have a cell phone bill, if you have pay for internet for your house or cable TV or whatever type of expenses, I mean, even food, that is things that are going to be taking money out of your pocket, good or bad. It's just taking money out of your pocket that you cannot invest. When you pay yourself first, you are putting money into an account, a savings account that you can hopefully be earning interest. I'll give that to you in just a second. You'll be earning interest to where then you can have a savings so that when it's time to buy a property, you have money saved up for the down payment. Now, if you already have money and you're already saving money, I would strongly recommend you putting into account that makes you, you know, one to two or three percent or something like that. You want to make it liquid. Liquid means you can get to it at any given time, just like a checking account. You can go in and pull that money out at any time. If you put it into a CD, you buy a stock, you put it in a mutual fund or something like that, it's going to be harder to get to. Now, if you're not going to touch it for a couple of years, then maybe that's okay. But I'm always ready to have a deal come across my desk and I jump on it because I have the money liquid or ready to invest. So I would strongly encourage you to find a bank account. So as you are paying yourself first, you want to take out 10% of your paycheck. So for round numbers, if you're making $2,000 a paycheck, let's say you're going to make $2,000 a paycheck. You want to take $200 before anything else is paid. So you want to live on $1,800 of that. So 
You put $200 in your savings account and keep saving that money. Force yourself to do that every single month. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I do with my kids, and it's been ever since they've been born. I've been grilling and drilling it into them how they can actually be uh, saving their money now as opposed to waiting. So every bit of money that they receive from a birthday present, you know, if birthday money that they get, or if they do, you know, yard work or if they make, whatever money they make, I force them and I walk them through where I help them to take out 50% of everything they make. They can't just go spend it. 50% of it goes directly into savings. I also work with them and show them 10% goes to God. 20% goes to mommy to help pay for electricity and, and you know everything else. And 20% they get to keep themselves and spend. And so like my daughter, I think she has close to six, $620, I think. Yeah. And my son has like $630 and, you know, and so on. So the, as they make money, they are saving 50% of that. Even if they just save, you know, half that, if they save 25% because they're used to 50 and they, you know, that's just too much. I'm going to cut it down to 25. Well, it's more than 0%. It's more than 5%. It's more than 10%. And so they're realizing that they can make a lot more money. And also one great thing that I do is I put it in a bank account. Each one of them have their own separate bank account where all their savings go into it and they can see how much money they make every single month. Like this last month, my daughter made like 40 cents and my son made like 42 cents or something like that. You know, it's for them, it's a lot of money. And they're like, man, I didn't do anything. I made money. That's fantastic. So they're wanting to put more and more money into savings. And I want to see that for you. I want to see you want to put more money in savings because you're seeing the value that it brings. Hey, this money in savings, I'm going to be making money on. And number two, then I could then buy a property that I can make even more and more money on. So that's what I want you start saving for investing by paying yourself first. Next one, if you, as you're building your business, you come across a good deal. Well, it may be that you need to ask your friends and family to invest with you. It could be getting a loan. I've done this a couple of times when I was first starting my business. I talked to my dad who had a little bit of, or actually a good amount of savings. Um, I said, hey, dad, can I have some money? He goes, no, I'm not going to give you money. Why would I give you money? Like, because I'm your son. He's, that doesn't work like that. So he actually loaned me money. And what was funny is the interest rates at the time were like 3%, 3.5%. He loaned it to me, his own son, at like 9%. He's like, well, I can make that in the stock market or mutual funds, so I'm going to charge you that. I'm like, well, thanks, Dad. Well, anyways, praise the Lord, he, he lent it to me. And it actually, you know, even though I was paying him 9% or whatever, I think it was like 8 or 9%, I was still making like, on his money that I borrowed, I think I was making like $400 on it. So I was easily making money. And then I eventually paid him off and it was great. But so I even just asked my dad, Hey, can I borrow some money? And he loaned it to me, which was great. You may not have that, but maybe you can look for friends or other family members or something like that. Just giving you options. Now I know it's hard. I know it's awkward to ask people, um, if they want to invest with you or loan you money, I completely understand that. But what you want to do is you want to show them the deal. So as you're going to be approaching them, this is a big pro tip I'm going to be giving you. Don't just say, hey, I'm going to buy a property and make money on it. Can you give me money or loan or would you please loan me money? Don't say that. Tell them about the deal. Make sure that they understand the numbers as well as you do, where the property's at, how much you're going to be making every single month, what the mortgage is going to be, how much the expenses are, how much your income is. Make them understand that you absolutely know this business inside and out. You know your numbers. You are trustworthy. 
to have their money. Now you're going to give them a signed note, basically a paperwork saying that they're loaning you money at a certain interest rate and you're going to pay them back. And you know, it's just like if you're getting a mortgage or a car note or something like that. So it's held up in uh, court. If they actually need to take you to court, Lord willing, it's not going to happen and or come to that, but you're going to be able to ask them and with showing them as much information as they need to feel comfortable. That's the thing with investors. They, number one, want to feel comfortable that you are not going to lose their money. That's the first and foremost. They don't want to lose their money. The second thing is they want to make sure they're going to make money. So you got to make them feel comfortable and also show them how they're going to make money. All right, so that's when you're asking your friends and family to invest with you. I personally, this is just me, would recommend to not get partners. Don't like, hey, you be my partner and we'll split the money 50-50 or you know, all the, int- all the uh, total equity and how much money comes in. Like, I personally would not do that. This business is just fine if you can do it on your own. It's so much better if you do it on your own. I personally will never ever have a partner. I have people asking me all the time, hey, would you, you know, partner in deals and and or work with me and and you know we'll partner together? Like, absolutely not. I will I have never had partners in my real estate business and I will never have partners. I've had many partners in other businesses and those don't go very well because you have 100% of liability, but you only get half of the profits. It's not worth it, in my opinion. And you can do this business without having a partner. So don't get a partner, just get investors or people that loan you money. And I'm gonna re-say this one more time because it's very important. In getting your financial house in order, you need to cut your expenses and you also need to increase your income. You wanna make sure that your money that is coming into your pocket is staying in your pocket and then also put more money in your pocket. I gotta tell you that as you invest, you're gonna find that it is so much easier to buy properties when you have money. When you have money to buy properties, it's so much easier than trying to get, you know, um, asking other people to give you money or getting a bigger loan than you could actually afford, you know, your down payment. It's just so much easier when you have cash. And it's also so much easier to buy a property with all cash. As you build the business and you're able to scale the business even more, you'll be able to do the BRRRR refinance strategy. And here is how it's broken down. Basically, you buy the property, you rehab the property, you get it rented, then you refinance and pull all the money back out, and then you do. You repeat the whole process. You do it all over again. I've done that so many times, and it has grown my business dramatically because I've used and recycled that money over and over again. So when you have cash, when you pay yourself first, When you increase your income and cut expenses, you have more money to invest and it makes business so, so much easier. Now, one last one I'm going to give you is you can also, another way to do it, if you already have a home, you can refinance your property or get a home equity line of credit, pull money out of your home. Like basically the equity, you know, if the property is worth $200,000, but you only owe $100,000, that's $100,000 in equity. That's money that you can tap into to buy a property. Now I've done that so many times where I pulled money out of my home, bought a rental property. Now that increase in mortgage payment, because I put, took money out of my house, I bought one property with part of that money that paid for that increase in mortgage payment. Then I bought two more properties with the balance of that money, and then I made $250 or more for each of those properties. So I think I was pocketing like $600 after the whole deal of pulling money out, six or $700. It was, every single time I do it, it's absolutely fantastic. So you can refinance and take money out of your home to use it for investing. Now, 
after you look at saving for a down payment, here's the next step that you're going to need to do. This is the process of getting started investing. You need to choose what type of properties you will invest in. Isn't that huge? I mean, it's very, very huge. You need to choose what type of property because I get so many people asking me, well, where should I buy? What type of property should I buy? Is this a good property? Is that a good property? Well, it really depends on your goals and what you want to do with your business and how quickly you want to grow, how much debt and leverage you're able to, or like, like risk tolerance, how much you are willing to put on you in debt or leverage against a property, which remember your tenants are paying for, how much do you want to actually have in your name? So there's so many different things that we need to account for in figuring out what type of properties to choose. Now, with all my coaching students, I work through and help them to understand which properties are going to be the best that you want to pick for the goals that you've made for yourself. But here's a quick list that I'm going to walk through with you to show you what type of properties you might want to buy. Number one, you might want to go with lower priced homes, you know, anything from $20,000 to $50,000. That's right. There are properties that are worth $20,000. You can pick them up for $20,000. Not saying you might want actually to own them, but there are properties for $20,000 um, up to $50,000, $75,000. Those are lower priced homes. Now, more than likely, they're older homes. Their older homes have a lot more work and maintenance and repairs that are needed, you know, deferred maintenance on the property. So you're going to be putting a little more money into it on a monthly or yearly basis than you would a brand new or a newer home. But a great thing is... There is high cash flow on these lower priced homes because the prices are lower, rents are still adequately high. Like I'll give you an example. In the Midwest, you can probably buy a home for $25,000, $30,000, and it would make about $650 a month in rent. Well, if you pencil everything out, you should probably be making about $400 a month in passive income. So imagine if you put $30,000 on a property and it returned you $400 a month. Wouldn't that be fantastic? If you were making $400 a month from that one property, you put $30,000 down, after just a little over six years, six years and a couple months, you're gonna have all your entire investment back in your pocket, and then you are gonna be making all that money is gonna be profit and bonus money. So another six years, you're gonna have $30,000 in your pocket. The prices of these homes are lower, but rents are higher, which is terrific. Now, there are some more downfalls, you know, with other on top of having more maintenance and things that you're going to have to have on a monthly and yearly basis. Now, another thing is the type of clientele, the type of customers you're going to have are probably going to have a higher turnover of tenants. Like every once a year or year and a half or maybe even six months, a tenant might move out or they might get evicted. They might lose their job. Their boyfriend might break up to them or whatever it might be. And they're going to move out. So I've just found that with the lower priced homes, the clientele you're going to have are going to be a little more transient. They move a lot sooner, a lot faster. Now, I have definitely found ways to mitigate that, to make sure that you don't have people move out. Um, we're screening tenants, finding the right tenants, making sure they have adequate credit and do background check and all that good stuff. So in these areas, though, you could potentially have a higher turnover of tenants. And a big one is that you want to make sure, and I'll be a huge pro tip, is background check every single person. In these lower priced homes, as well as the next ones, any priced homes, any type of home, you rent out, make sure you run a background check and make the tenant pay for the background check. That's a huge pro tip I'm gonna give you. Definitely do a background check. Now, the next thing of what type of property you're gonna invest in, 
are higher priced homes. Higher priced homes are usually a little newer, better areas. You're gonna have better clientele and people that are going to want to live in your properties. And so there's a difference in what you're gonna be making though. So in the higher priced homes are usually newer, there's gonna be a lower cash flow because the higher priced homes, more than likely you're gonna need to get a mortgage on the property. You're gonna put a down payment, you're gonna get a mortgage. Well, that mortgage that's principal and interest is going to have to get paid because you're not paying the property outright. But the great thing is your tenant is gonna be paying the principal and interest and all the other expenses. So you don't have to worry about that necessarily. Now with having that high mortgage or that mortgage in general, you're gonna have less in cash flow. So I'm gonna give you this huge pro tip and I've said this many times, if you've been listening to the podcast at all, I say this all the time, you wanna invest where you make a minimum of $250 every single month on every property. And I would say do not buy a property unless you are making $250 or more a month because there are so many things that can happen in your property in one year that if you only make like $50 or $100 a month, your whole yearly profit could be eaten up. Like if a furnace goes out or a roof goes out or something like that, it's all going to be eaten up and you want to make sure that you have adequate enough money coming in in order to pay for it. Now, I know people are going to say, well, it's hard to find properties that make $250 a month. Yes, I know if it were easy and if this whole business was easy, everybody would be doing it. I wouldn't need to do this podcast because it'd be like, hey, let's let's go see if I could find some sand and sell it to somebody. Well, let's just go to the beach, find us some sand and sell it. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. That's why it's hard and that's why it's hard for us to find deals, but it's on us as investors to find those deals. And honestly, they're a lot easier when you know the tricks of the trade to actually do that. Okay, so With those higher priced homes, you have newer homes with lower cash flow, higher mortgage. You also have lower turnover of tenants, which are really, really good. You're going to have people are going to stay there for two or three or more years. I have one property in Houston. um, Just like last week, I got a text from the the tenant saying, hey, two years is up. Man, it's been that long. Um, We got to renew the lease. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. Let's go ahead and renew the lease. And so Two years went by so fast and it's a newer, you know, really, really nice home. And so I'm really glad that they're they're wanting to stay in there. Now, also with these higher priced homes, you're also going to have lower maintenance costs because they're newer homes, because there's less things that are getting older that are going to get broken or worn down or anything like that. So in choosing what type of homes and what type of properties you're going to go after, you have a lower priced home, you also have a high priced home, but there's also a middle of the road, like $100,000 homes that you can invest in. Those are usually pretty solid homes. You are going to get a mortgage, but they're not going to be a high price point mortgage, but you're going to have right in the middle there. Like it's going to be not, not very, very new. It's going to be a little bit older. Your cash flow is going to be right around in the middle. Rents are still relatively high compared to how much you're buying it for. You're going to have a lower mortgage. You're also going to have a little bit higher cash flow than when the higher properties, you're going to have a middle of the road. Basically everything's in the middle. I mean, it's really goes down to your tenants aren't going to move out as much. They're not going to stay as long. Um, and so they're right in the middle, but the great thing is they're also very low maintenance because they're not that old of homes. Okay. Now, next step that I'm going to give you is after you have basically yourself, like everything about you, the money situated, you're saving money, you're paying yourself first, you're cutting expenses, you know your goals, you know what type of properties you're gonna buy. Once you've gone through everything we talked about in the last episode and this episode, now it's ready. Now you are ready to look at an area to invest in the country. Now, a lot of people would say, 
you know, I can't buy rental properties. I live in LA and prices are ridiculous. You know, I could buy a property for $600,000 and it rents for $2,000. There's no way I'm going to make any money. I said, yes, you're absolutely right. That's why I moved out of California. I live in Phoenix now. Now, what I would suggest is looking in an area of the country where you can buy properties that are going to make you money. And here, I'm going to give you a general area that you're going to be able to look for and be able to find a state, then find a city, then find a neighborhood and start buying. I would suggest looking in the Midwest to maybe the lower Southern East, like down into Florida. There are some good areas. Now, there are some really rich and really expensive areas. Don't get me wrong. There's places you shouldn't buy, but you're going to find good properties, like right in the middle of the road, hundred dollars to $120,000 homes. You're probably going to be able to make at least $250, maybe $300 a month on these properties. So look in the Midwest, onto the East. You know, don't go Northeast, like to, um, you know, Washington, D.C. and all that sort of stuff. Go down South, the Carolinas and Floridas. Look on that area. Those are some good places to start investing. Now, when you're finding an area of the country to invest in, there are many, many things you're going to be looking for. Many, many things like, what is the population like? Are there people in the area that are staying or are people leaving? Like, what's the migration habits? Are people leaving or are they staying? Are companies moving in? Are companies going out? Is it a state that is heavily regulated where there's lots of laws and lots of taxes that people don't want to live there anymore? They're fleeing out of it. Like, like New York. People are so many people are moving from New York to Florida because probably weather, and that's probably one, but also taxes. Taxes are so ridiculously expensive in New York. Same thing like California. People are moving out of California into places like Nevada, Arizona, and Texas because taxes are so much cheaper. And so you want to find an area of the country that has a decent amount of, not like you want more net migration coming in as opposed to net migration going out. So that's one thing to look at. Another thing to look at is as you're honing down in the specific city, you want to find a city that has similar price points on all their properties in one area. So let me give you a reason why. Let's say you find a great property in a great area and you're like, man, this is a great, great property. Now, I'm not, hold on, pause this. I'm not telling you not to buy it. I'm just giving you a little understanding that if you find one like gem in the middle of nowhere, like not nowhere, it basically it's million dollar homes and you buy it for, you know, 500,000 or they're $200,000 homes. You buy it for $100,000. Basically you get a really, really good deal, but you can't find any other properties that are like it. You're going to be set up an entire business just for one property, which is a lot of work. Not saying don't do that. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I want to encourage you to do is to find an area of the country where you can build a business. You can build it up from the ground up where people work for you, and then you can continually find more properties in that same area instead of trying to find a whole new state to invest in, a whole new city to invest in, and a whole new property manager and get everything figured out which parts of the city are better to invest in. So what I'm saying is definitely go after those good deals, but as best you can try to stay in areas that have similar properties that you can just keep buying more of that inventory. If you've listened to other podcasts where I talk about you set up your business, just like a convenience store. And like one candy bar is like one property. It's one piece of inventory you put in your business. One property is one piece of inventory you put in your business. You want to continually have that business grow of inventory so more people can find you and pay you money to live in their property. Now, as you're finding another area to invest in, you want to look at 
crime and the areas of crime in the city that are bigger than others, worse than others. And here is the biggest thing, and I'm going to tell you, and I get a lot of students that say, hey, what about this property? And my first question is always, what did your property manager say about that property? And if my student comes back and says, well, I didn't talk to the property manager about it yet. I said, don't talk to me until you talk to them. Because number one, I don't know the area. I don't know if it's a good or bad area. Number two, I don't know if that's a good or right amount of rent that you could think you could charge for. It could be good. It could be wrong uh, or bad. It could be something where you're way overestimating. So anyways, Talk to your property manager first. Now, here's a big tip. If your property manager says, well, I won't manage properties there because it's too hard or too rough of an area, too much crime or whatever, if they're not going to manage that property, you might want to think about not buying that property because if nobody's going to manage it for you, you know, and you're in another state and you're having somebody else manage it, well, if you can't have somebody manage it because it's in a rough area, then don't buy it because it's not going to work out in your benefit. So, Talk to your property managers. That's the biggest key I'm going to give you. So as you're finding a new area of the country to invest, you want to be talking to property managers. I'll get into uh, the next future episodes in the series. We're going to talk all about property managers and helping and building the business. So people help you build that business around you so that you can keep buying more inventory and putting it into your business. Now, another thing that you could be looking for is amenities and things that are going on in that area that you are investing. It could be like, hey, you're investing in Orlando, Florida, which is not a bad place to invest in. And there are plenty of attractions like Disney World, Busch Gardens, SeaWorld, all that great stuff. And people would actually come and visit. So you can potentially do an Airbnb where you are renting it out per day as opposed to per month, which is another great option. It's a whole nother business model, but... You get my point. If you have good area, a good area to invest where people want to live by, or it's in an area where they have big companies that need employees like a GM plant or a Toyota plant where they actually make the Toyota cars or whatever, you know, you want to have a place where people want to live because there's business or there's attractions or there's something that's drawing people to actually live there. Now, I will say that you can find great areas all over the Midwest down into the Southern, you know, portion of, of America getting down to Florida. And so be looking at all of these areas for these great ways and reasons why you should start investing in those cities. And this next point in where to look at in the country goes back to what we just talked about a few minutes ago is the price point. What is your goal, which then translates into or goes into what type of price points you're going to have in your properties. And then that is what's going to dictate what you're looking for in a city. You know, if you're looking for middle of the road, like $100,000 homes, well, if you're finding properties that are $20,000 homes, well, it doesn't really fit your goal. It might be good area and it might be a great place to invest, but you just got to have, you have to look into that. Where, what are my goals? What are the type of properties that are going to help me get to my goal the fastest? And then where in the country do I find those properties and start honing down on those properties in those cities? So that's what I want to give you is start looking at. Now, you might be asking me, well, Dustin, how do I actually find these properties? Well, a quick and easy one. I have Zillow.com is a great tool that I've used all the time. I even have a video that I created that I will show you and walk you through how to actually use Zillow and use my rental property cash flow calculator on my website to figure out 
if this property is a good property, how much money am I making every single month? And basically run all the numbers for you. If you want to find that, and again, I'll put this all in the description in this podcast. If you want to go to this video, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash Zillow, Z-I-L-L-O-W. And it'll go to a page where I have a video describing everything, walking you through, actually show you. And you know, what's actually funny is when I went on to Zillow to actually make this video, I didn't pre-look at properties beforehand. I literally just said, hey, let's start looking here. And I walk you through step by step and you'll see how I do it so you can get a good perspective of how you can do it. Okay, now today we've talked so much about how to start investing. Next week, we're gonna pick it back up because there's so much more to discuss on how to start investing in real estate rental properties. Now get out there, get your free book. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free book. I wanna put that in your hands. I want you to change your life forever so you never have to work a job again wouldn't that be fantastic travel the world do whatever you want buy the things that you want instead of the things that you need being able to not worry about bills anymore take care of your family i want that for you so get my free book now you guys are fantastic thank you so much for being here with me i'll see you guys next week where we'll continue on how to start investing in real estate rental properties and we will pick it back up next week all right guys we'll see you next week take care of yourselves see ya see ya